Good evening, and welcome to Nightmare Theater, episode 27. Tonight, we'll be looking at an interview I did with Air Fighter. It's a discussion about his sleepwalking. He's got quite a few interesting caveats to his sleepwalking as well, which I think you'll really enjoy. Um, no other announcements at this time this week. And following the interview, we'll be looking at some nightmares from Reddit. I didn't find anything from the Nightmares subreddit this week. There was only, for some reason, like two top posts this week. I don't even know how that works, but it is what it is. So instead, we're going to be looking at Nightmares from uh, Dream Interpretation subreddit, uh, specifically the Nightmares there. So without further ado, please enjoy this interview I did with Air Fighter. Sleepwalking, or somnambulism, is a parasomnia characterized by dreaming during deep sleep while the body is not in atonia. Since the body can move freely, they can't, yeah, can move freely, people will act out their dreams, move around, or eat in their sleep even. In some cases, people have driven several kilometers or committed murder, sometimes both at the same time. Many people have sleepwalking in childhood, but later grow out of it, and others continue to have sleepwalking their whole lives. Today, I'd like to give a warm welcome to Air Fighter, who had sleepwalking as a child. Welcome. How you doing? Not bad. Um, so, first thing I want to ask you, so sleepwalking, obviously more common in children than adults. Have you ever had an episode of sleepwalking as an adult, or did you entirely grow out of it? Um, it would depend on what you would consider an adult. I think the last time that I remember sleepwalking was when I was about 16, 17. Um, after that, I don't know of any times where I have sleptwalked. Um, I would hope that with me being a veteran that they would have told me something, um, when I was in basic or something to that effect, but I haven't heard anything. So I would say that I grew out of it around 17. Hmm. Um, I imagine it would be a pretty, you know, scary situation if you were doing that in the middle of, you know, enemy territory or something like that, sleepwalking around. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I was I was definitely worried on deployments that, you know, what happens if I start sleepwalking and I walk out of the gate and just, you know, like some sweatpants and a t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> did you did you tell uh, your your superior about that? Like did they have have they ever heard of anything like that happening? Um, I had talked to a couple of my superior officers about that. Um, they had told me some stories of people who did sleepwalk out in off of post and into like crazy territory. Oh um, my God. I didn't have anything like that happen when I was in, but I did hear some interesting stories from some of the guys that I talked to about people like sleepwalking out into unknown area outside of post and them not coming back until like the next morning oh, and wow. literally wearing almost nothing <laughs> oh no well at least they came back i mean that's the main point yeah oh wow um so most people who've had sleepwalking don't remember the episodes that they had or what they were dreaming about or in the case of night terrors they don't remember the nightmares most of the time but some of them do have you had any memory of what you were dreaming or thinking during an episode of sleepwalking um there was one time where I, I don't know if this is the one that actually got you interested in interviewing me, but um, one of the times that I was sleepwalking, I sleptwalked directly out of my house, and um, 
ended up laying down in the middle of the street like a quarter of a mile from my house oh my and um it was really interesting because uh i distinctly remember trying to get away from some entity that i was dreaming about and i was just running from it and running from it and running from it and then i started dreaming that i had ran into a pool and when i woke up i was laying face first in the street while it was raining oh my god yeah it was um it was definitely something interesting especially with the fact that i don't usually sleep with a lot of clothes on i'll typically try to sleep with as little clothes as possible because i i get really hot when i sleep mm -hmm. and um so you can imagine you know 16 17 year old outside quarter of a mile from his house damn near but naked you know yeah Wait. in the middle of the pouring rain at three o'clock in the morning that was when you woke up? Three that was when I woke up. I woke up at about 3 o'clock in the morning to just laying there in the wet street while it's raining. What was going through your head in that moment? How did I end up here <laughs> outside of my house? You know? Yeah. Why would this have to be on the one night that it's raining? How long you did know? it take you to find your way back? Um... Um, I live in a cul-de-sac, so it wasn't really that hard, and it's okay. really easy to be like, okay, I live like almost at the end of the cul-de-sac, so okay, it, it was pretty easy to find my way, but it was still like, how did I get out of my house, and yeah. nobody noticed? Yeah, that that ought to have been terrifying, <laughs> for sure. Um, oh yeah, were you lying in the gutter or like just right in the middle? I was of just the lying in the middle of the street. <laughs> oh my god. Like a two-lane street, just face first, laying down. Oh wow! Like I would normally sleep. Uh, I was wow. like, oh, okay. Some old guy probably looked at his window and thought you were just planking or something. Exactly. <laughs> these kids these days. Um, I know, right? That had to be great, especially because all my neighbors are a lot older, and that's often a a thing that I'll get you know asked about is, oh, you know, what are you kids doing these days? You know. Yeah. I'm like, well. I'm surprised um, that none of my neighbors actually said anything about it. Yeah. So so at 17, that was sort of when you last had it. What's like the first time that you were made aware that you had sleepwalking? So the first time that I was made aware was about like seven or eight years old. And my mom tells this story. And it is a little interesting to say the least. So at the time, I think I was like three or four years old. And I ended up, so at the time my parents were working on, you know, they wanted to have another kid, right? So my parents are in the middle of going at it, to put it lightly. And I slept walked into their room, dropped my pants and peed all over the side of their bed while they were in the middle of trying to have, you know, intimate times. Yeah. I mean, that's that's yeah. a bit like walking into hostile enemy territory, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and my dad's just, my mom and my dad just watch me walk into their room, drop my pants, pee all over the side of their bed, pull my pants back up, and just walk back into my room. Oh, wow. Did they realize you were asleep at first, or did it take yeah, them a minute? Yeah, um, it took them a minute to okay. figure it out, and then... As soon as they figured out I was asleep, they were like, "Oh, well, I mean, you can't really, you can't really punish him for something he didn't even realize he did, mm -hmm. you know." 
Yeah, and you know, my question three here is, what's the strangest thing you've ever found out that you've done? Would that be it? Well, I mean, I yeah, got- that would probably that would probably be the strangest. Uh, second strangest would be, I think I was like a, or I think I was about eleven, and I sleptwalked out of my room into. I don't know how it ended up happening. I don't know if I ended up in the kitchen first. And I ended up grabbing like a whole bunch of snacks and I went into the bathtub and uh, I was just eating snacks in the bathtub while asleep. Wow. What, yeah, that what was, snacks? <laughs> um, it was like chips. Um, I think like some of the saltine crackers, stuff that you would normally see people put like, um, in a microwave so this way it's got that air seal to it. Okay. So I just went into my kitchen, opened up the microwave, grabbed like a handful of stuff, walked into the bathroom and just started eating it, waking up with like bags of chips everywhere and like, oh, well, I guess, you know, I guess I was hungry. Wow. Um, what did you like fill up the bathtub first? No, I, I was surprised oh, okay. I didn't. I was just laying in the bathtub. Like, um, I don't know if you've seen that meme where it's the dude and he's like, just sitting there in the bathtub with the water on. Actually, don't that was that pretty movie. much me, but without the water on. Oh wow! And having a whole bunch of bags of chips around me, I was like, "Oh, well, that's cool." Yeah, I mean, I would be concerned, like, with regards to sleep eating, that I might choke or something. Like, oh ever- yeah, and that was that was definitely something that I was like, "Well, this is um, this is potentially dangerous." Mm-hmm. Um, what's the scariest place you woke up? I mean, obviously the street's pretty scary, especially accompanied by that, you know, the dream that you had along with it. Oh yeah. So I can't remember the exact dream that I had for this one, but I think this is the one that you wanted to talk to me about the most. Um, I was at one of my friend's houses and my dad or my friend's dad was a former police officer. And so he had a lot of experience, you know, with, having to deal with a lot of things and he had a couple of gang members who weren't particularly keen on him because he'd put him in jail things of that nature mm-hmm. so i'm at my buddy's house and i fall asleep on his i think i fell asleep in his room actually and he had like a couch in his room and i'm just asleep and i wake up with my best friend's dad holding his glock in my face you know, screaming, what the fuck are you doing in my house? Oh my God. Yeah. Did he, do, um, he didn't know you though? No, he knew I was there, but <laughs> it was like two o'clock in the morning. Everybody was supposed to be asleep. Even my friend was asleep and you know, he liked to play video games until like way early in the morning. Mm-hmm. And my best, or my best friend's dad's like, why the hell are you walking around my house at two o'clock in the morning? And I'm here like, I don't even, I don't even know. I was like, are you sleepwalking the whole time? And I was like, yeah. Like, you know, I almost shot you. And I go, I do now. Wow. It, it was, it was definitely terrifying to wake up to seeing, you know. Yeah. Something like that, like directly in your face. Like I almost died here. Yeah. How old were you at the time? Um, I'd say I was about eight or nine okay 
I mean, it seems like kind of a lot to, to pull out a, a gun in the face of a nine-year-old, but I don't know. <laughs> I oh, mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> if you have to think, like, this is somebody who, he dealt with a lot of mobsters and, oh, you know, a lot of these gang activities, and he's seen a lot of this stuff, and a lot of these people told him that they would come back to, you know, take revenge on him True. for arresting people, and... yeah. He, he just lived his life like you know i don't know when that day is going to be yeah but but uh the other thing i was trying to figure out is did he like recognize that you were his son's friend or did he think that you were a stranger oh yeah as soon as so he had a glock with a under under barrel attachment that was a flashlight okay and as soon as he turned the flashlight on and he saw it was me he was like what are you doing waking up and walking around my house at 2 o'clock in the morning. And I said, I, I promise you, I have no idea. I was sleepwalking the whole time. Wow. Have you guys, like, talked about that since? Like, are you still friends with uh, his, we his son? We talked. I haven't talked to him since my first deployment. Okay. Um, we talked about it a couple of times, especially with his dad. His dad loves bringing it up. Oh, yeah. You know, he's like, because <laughs> it, it's just wild to him. Like, I almost just shot my best friend. Or my son's best friend in the face, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And um, believe it or not, that was actually what sparked my best friend's dad to actually get a lot of help that he needed uh, mentally, because mm. he realized that he was just living in stress his whole life from stuff that happened years ago. Oh yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I, I was gonna say like it'd be talk about parents embarrassing their kids <laughs> his, yeah. your friend going to school the next day and his dad just killed his friend uh, that'd be brutal yeah right <laughs> yeah. That'd, that'd be pretty heavy metal not gonna lie <laughs> yeah. um right so yeah well the question that i had here was like do you have night terrors or a night terror ever and you've described the one dream again where you uh, were being felt like you were being chased by some like wicked presence and whatnot but um are there any others where i know that you know it's difficult to remember the dreams always but are there any where you felt uneasy like during the sleepwalking like you actually have a feeling of something so bad yeah yeah um i um to give a little context here i am a pagan reverend and um a lot of the things some of the things that i'll do is um i'll do cleansing on people's houses when they have like unnatural presences in their house mm. and the way that i really got into it was my house was haunted the house that i was living in for most of my life was haunted and um there have been a couple of times where i have dreamt that something was watching me and mm. I would wake up and I would see something in my room watching me. Mm -hmm. This is the and it took sorry. No, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. You go ahead. I've got a lot of questions. So you, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, you got, this is something that later on I would find out, you know, this is someone who lived on the property that the house was built on because before my house was built, it was all sugarcane fields. Mm. And being from Louisiana, a lot of this area was slave-owned or slave-owned um, territories where they had plantations of sugarcaners. Mm. And um, 
one of the things that was often talked about was, um, you know, apparently in the town they had somebody who owned a sugarcane plantation and he was sleeping with one of the slaves instead of his wife. Well, his wife ended up killing him and the slave and then herself. And I ended up having to deal with the wife herself. That's that, That's who was haunting your house? That was who was haunting my house for years. Hmm. And and sorry, is this the house you, this, that you grew up in or that you currently live this in? This is... I grew up in and still at for now okay um i've been there i've been at that house on and off since the early 2000s actually yeah okay. about 2001 hmm. you mentioned i mean you know hours ago that it almost burned down do you connect that to any of the this is completely unrelated to sleepwalking but do you connect that to any of the you know supernatural activity that you think is going on there um to some extent um kind of sort of uh with that that was kind of interesting actually so to give a little background on that um not too long ago they made it where they want to get rid of all the wooden power lines that are you see a lot around here in the united states mm -hmm. um i don't know if you're from the united states but i'm in canada here but we, we have, have those yeah so yeah you know what i'm talking about where it's like the wooden pole yeah so they're currently removing them and they're replacing them with concrete so that this way they don't burn up as easily hmm. in the event of a um, of something happening with the power line. Mm -hmm. Well, I have one in my yard and um, they were supposed to take one of these big cranes that they need to set the pole in place and they were supposed to move it in from the sugar cane fields behind my house, but they couldn't. So they had to bring it in from the street with all these low power lines. Sorry, can you repeat that last part? There seems, I'm sorry. There seems to be just a little yeah, bit of I'm lag. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, Sounds good now. Is, yeah, so what happens is, um, instead of them being able to bring in one of these really big things, I'm sorry, I keep getting a phone call. Oh, that's yeah, probably what no, it is. Um, yeah, but so what happens is, um, they're supposed to bring this big crane in from the sugarcane field, but they can't. They have to bring it in from the street where all these low-hanging power lines. And um, they end up bringing the crane in and the power line that was the lowest was the one connecting my house to the power. And instead of the spotter being up front in front of the vehicle so he could see what the vehicle's gonna hit, he's in the back and totally ripped the power line from my house. Wow yeah that was yeah fried a whole bunch of stuff it was it was definitely something crazy i had just gotten up because i mostly work not to go to some training that afternoon and um sure enough i'm getting ready to leave and all you hear is bam and i go look and sure enough you know they pulled the whole power line off of the house live wire just skidding around oh my god yeah Wow, and that so was, that was when you yeah, woke, yeah, and there were just flames. I assume just engulfing part of your house, like. Um no, um so because he didn't directly just drive forward and pull it off. He was easing it, 
it started causing tension and power flickered for like a good 30 seconds and it overloaded the stove and two of the refrigerators that my mom has in the house Mm. and started smoking everywhere yeah almost caused an electrical fire in the attic where they found a couple of the wires were actually burnt up yeah it was it was pretty bad wow yeah i'm sorry that that happened um yeah no we were lucky in the fact that you know it didn't fully catch on fire and that's where you know as somebody who does believe in like a lot of the supernatural and you know as a pagan i have to thank you know my gods you know thank you for not letting my house burn down right now because that wouldn't have been fun Mm -hmm. and this woman that you that you thought was haunting your house do you think that she's like still there did you get rid of her somehow so she was originally trying to communicate with me about um because i've always been able to feel the presence of ghosts and other things Mm -hmm. and even since i was like very very young i would always had that i guess you could call it a sixth sense Mm mm-hmm and um she was trying to talk to me because she just never had peace and that's something that i often find true with these spirits or whatever is they don't have that peace in their life so they can't rest peacefully right and were you able to help her with that um i was able to partially help her with that um before i really started becoming a pagan and before i really started trying to communicate with the spirit um she was very hostile and just very angry and in some of my communications with her and trying to talk to her she has told us that um she's not wanting to hurt us it's just she's upset you know Mm -hmm. and things on that side of as a pagan we believe that um you know there are two different or there are two realms really there's you have your realm that you're living in and you have the realm where you know those who are no longer with us are and in some cases they can merge Mm -hmm. and yeah is it like celtic paganism um, I am a Greco-Roman pagan. Okay. But yes, it's very close to the the Collectics or um, the Egyptians. Hmm. It's very similar. It's just a different set of gods. Right. Honestly. Right. So, yeah. um, typically, you'll see your Collectic or your Nordish, or your Nordis, and your um, the heathens. Honestly, that's what a lot of them are calling themselves because that is what they were called mm-hmm. and you'll have like those will mostly be like thor Zeus, or not yeah thor um loki and other gods of the roman or not roman i'm sorry norse mythology right. and you'll have you know your egyptians with ra and other egyptian gods and then i fall along the lines of the greek or the greek and roman um, I mostly call them by their Roman names, just because Romans got to, you know, name the planets. So, right. Uh, 
we're the winners. Yeah. When you described the the other world with the spirits, it reminded me of uh, like Celtic paganism. <clears throat> Sorry, something in my throat. Uh, but uh, basically, yeah, they have the other world and then the ace she, which are like these spirits that reside there. And yeah. Yeah. I guess it's and, all uh, similar. Yeah, I mean, you see that a lot in a lot of religions, too. I mean, even in mm -hmm. Catholicism, you know, you have heaven, which is supposed to be made for, you know, your spirits that have passed on and mm -hmm. have given themselves to God, you know. Mm -hmm. And that was something, you know, I grew up completely Catholic being from Louisiana. I'm one of the very few people in Louisiana who will say, like, yeah, I'm not Catholic anymore. You know, I, I went to something that more so fit my environment. Mm-hmm. And um, even so, you'll find like a lot of these similarities, you mm -hmm. know, where on one side you have, you know, Catholics with heaven and, you know, that being where you want to go after you die. Well, as a Greco-Roman, I want to go to the Pantheon with the rest of the gods. Mm -hmm. And do you think that um, the, the woman who was haunting your house, do you think that she maybe influenced your sleepwalking as a means of trying to communicate with you i believe so honestly i believe that um some of it was especially later on in my time sleepwalking um i found that a lot of i'm sorry um i found that a lot of times i would end up in very interesting places honestly Mm -hmm. um, places that kind of made me think that there was more to what was going on, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, there was one time where I was actually in the cane field behind my house at a very, and I, oftentimes I kept having this dream and it was weird because I had this dream every time I made it to that point. Mm -hmm. So if I can, I'll send you some pictures of this, but behind my house is nothing but cane field. And um, if you look, there's a tele or there's an electric line, um, I'd say about a half, maybe three quarter mile behind my house. And um, I would always have this dream that there was something that happened right there. And there was blood on the ground and it was all over the sugar cane and like it was just everywhere, you know. Mm. And I kept seeing the number three. And I never understood what was going on in the dream until I started looking at, you know, I had to ask for town records and other things of, you know, people who own the house before us or own the land before us and come to find out, you know, at that, around about that exact spot was where that woman ended up killing her husband and the woman that her husband was cheating on her for. Wow. Like you, you know, you found that out like as a as a fact, like a historical fact. Yeah, that was an actual historical fact. That oh wow! That in that area, that's where she killed her husband. That's where she killed the woman that was cheating on her, and that's where she killed herself. Was around in that area. Now later on, of course, the bodies were moved and they were placed in an actual cemetery, mm -hmm. not too far from where the sugarcane field is, but. Um, it, it was absolutely wild to me to think that, you know, like I kept coming to this location and I kept seeing, you know, like threes and I kept seeing, you know, this blood on the sugar cane at that point. And I kept sleepwalking to that point yeah, that's, every time. That is giving me like actual goosebumps right now. That, that's really creepy. Yeah, um, it was, it was <laughs> really crazy. Um, 
and that was kind of one of the things that I really wanted to, you know, share with you was that experience of like, that's how she was communicating with me before I opened up to talking to her. Right. Wow. And it it was, it was definitely an experience. And do you, you know, th- wake up over there? Yeah. Do you think that you opened up like around the same time your sleepwalking stopped? Like you opened uh, up to talking to her? Yeah, I would say so. Um, Interesting. It would. I would go back and forth between paganism and Catholicism when I went to basic training, which was when I was eighteen. Um, I was more open-minded around 16, 17, when I really started saying Catholicism just isn't what I'm going for. It doesn't fit me very well. Mm -hmm. I started looking at a lot of different things. I looked at paganism originally. Um, I looked at LeVay Satanism. I looked at um, actual Buddhism, Mm -hmm. you know, and just studying all of these religions to try to find what fit me the best. And every time it kept coming back to paganism, it's paganism Mm -hmm. and it it just it would stick out to me for some reason and one of the one of the first rituals that i actually did was to talk to this woman Mm. and that's when you found out the stuff about like that what her intentions were and that sort of thing right and that's when i found out like hey i don't want to hurt you it's i just i need to talk to you i need to tell you what happened right and that's kind of where a lot of these guys are at is they just you know, they they just can't sleep peacefully mm-hmm. because something hurt them so badly. Yeah. And one more thing I wanted to ask is the number three that you were seeing in the dream, do you believe that that represents the woman she killed, uh, her husband she killed, and her? Is that what it is? I believe so, honestly. Okay. That's what my interpretation of it was. Mm. Um, and she hasn't tried to tell me otherwise with that. Mm-hmm. okay that's that's really fascinating um and i well actually this is now a, a, an even better question than i had originally thought so family history they say can increase the likelihood of sleepwalking and do you know if any of your family members have had sleepwalking and i mean this is especially an interesting question now you know seeing as they um, presumably lived in that house with you when you were young yeah um no i'm the i'm the only one um now i also have sleep apnea um i found that out on my first deployment that i had really bad sleep apnea and my dad also has sleep apnea but that's the only sleep disorder that i can think of that is shared between myself and someone else in the family and that's even going like extended family and everything else the only thing that really comes to mind is sleep apnea hmm interesting so yeah I guess maybe it was specifically you that she wanted to communicate through perhaps like and they also say kids are more in touch with the other worlds right have have you heard that before yeah and that was something that was originally you know made that was something that I was originally made aware of by the fact that you know when i my parents lived in another house before we moved to one that i'm currently at um but like um i'd say like 1997 to 2001 ish and um while my parents were at that house they would always 
my mom told me that I would often ask her if she could see this little boy sitting across like the yard from us. And I would always talk about this little boy from, you know, across the yard, but there was no other house back there and there was no family back there. It was just us. That's so freaky. But how does, do you think that that's like a whole separate entity or does he fit into the story? Yeah, he was totally something separate. He was specifically in that house. And I have tried talking to the people who live at that house now. Um, They don't particularly want anybody i've tried telling them like hey i used to live here and i specifically remember you know a little boy you know being in the backyard and if you would want and i told him i said if it causes you an issue if you want i can try to put his spirit at ease so that he can move on but um they were very cold to the idea um they did they a lot of people around here are very closed-minded when it comes to things of that nature. Mm-hmm. So I try not to reach out too often, and I let people come to me right. with these things, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but that's where that's when I was first made aware that yeah, you've had you've had this ability for basically your whole life, even since you were very young. Like, I was born in 1997, so I would say like two three years old i'm talking about you know this boy that you know is sitting in our yard but he's he's not there Hmm. have you ever found out any more information about what his story might be i have not i have Hmm. tried looking around and i can't really find anything and seeing as that that was when I was much, much younger, I don't remember what he looked like or anything like that. And I honestly, I wish I did so that this way I could try to find out more about him. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What do these rituals that you do, like, what do they entail? Um, for the most part, if I'm performing a ritual, it's typically I'll do it on a pagan holiday and I will open up a circle or in that second world so that this way I can communicate with my gods Mm. and my goddesses and I will thank them for things that they have done for me you know I will thank them for getting me through deployments and getting me through really hard times in my life and giving me the perseverance to continue moving forward with what I want to do and I will offer them a offering, typically like some kind of cookie or some candy or maybe something a little more natural that I will then give back to the earth. Mm. And then I'll get something to drink. Uh, Typically this is juice. Um, A lot of other pagans will typically use alcohol. I don't particularly like mixing alcohol and um, rituals like that because typically that's where bad things happen. And in, I'm in, I'm personally not a big fan of that. In terms of like you your know? focus, or in terms of yeah, in terms of okay. my focus, because I mean you'll see like, for example, um, people will often talk about Ouija boards, how it's a party game, right? Mm. Well, Ouija boards are part of my religion. It's part of paganism, but you right. have to use it with the correct intent. Mm-hmm. You can't just you open up a Ouija board and go, I want to talk to whoever's out there. 
because there's a probability that you're going to get something that you don't want to talk to uh. and it's going to latch itself onto you. Mm-hmm. So having heard a lot of these stories and, you know, having to now I, that I go to people's houses and I'll do cleansings for them because that's the thing that happens to them. They'll start doing stuff that they probably shouldn't have because oh. they didn't know how to do it correctly. I see. And I'm having to fix the issues. So I make sure that if I'm doing a ritual, I'm very respectful to the gods and I have the intent of who I'm talking to. Hmm. Interesting. And and when somebody wants a cleansing, do you tell them like we have to wait till it's like a pagan holiday or can you do that at any time? I will do or it depends on the severity. Um, I actually did one here recently where um, somebody had um pretty much to put it lightly something was haunting her mm-hmm. and was actively trying to kill her she had knives floating around her house i actually physically saw like knives floating in the air oh my god you know and they would fly at the walls wow um the family often reported that they would hear like someone was in their house at that point that's a har- that's harmful yeah. that's going to end up killing you and so i'm going to make that effort no matter what because it's it's detrimental to your life if it's something that's not very heavy like to that extent like oh i just think i have something in my house you know it's not bothering me but i just see it then i will typically ask them okay can we wait for let's say a new moon or a full moon or one of the pagan holidays so that this way i can have my gods you know already opened up and we can all work on this together mm-hmm. but if but if it's something that like i said if it's actively trying to kill you then i'm sorry i'm having to do this right now right that makes sense and just as a little fun fact for the audience who may not know so halloween and halloween was originally called Samhain in like celtic mythology right and celtic uh, beliefs and it was you know, kind of positioned halfway between the fall equinox and the winter solstice. And it was believed at that time that the bridge between this world and the other world was thinner. And that's why, you know, they believed that spirits, both good and evil, could cross more easily at that time. So uh, people would dress up. It was a festival to sort of ward off the bad spirits and, you know, pay homage to the the ancestral ones, like the ones that were... uh, you know good so that's just a, just a little aside not really related but, oh yeah no that that's entirely true and that's something that um my funny enough you know my birthday is on Samhain and um, oh, wow. it's, it's always yeah it's always funny to tell people you know that I'm a pagan who's born on a pagan holiday mm-hmm. and um you know one of the things that you know I look at a lot and you see it a lot in other cultures too um if you look in Mexico, they have uh, Dio de los Muertos, or uh, yeah, which is the Day of the Dead, where they go and they bring offerings to their dead relatives, so that this the dead relatives know that they're not forgotten. Mm-hmm. And it, Halloween is originally thought of on the same light. It's you're giving back to the family members who are no longer with you. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. Uh, uh, that's really that's really interesting um and then just one last question about the sleepwalking so did your parents ever put 
you know, maybe after the getting a gun pointed at your face or maybe after, you know, peeing on their bed, did they ever try to implement any kind of controls on your bedroom or something like that to like keep you safe or, or as an adult or maybe as a teenager, I should say, did you ever try to implement any controls for your own safety? So it was, it was kind of funny actually. Um, my parents, after I told them about me sleepwalking into the street in the middle of the night, um, they actually put locks, um, like, kind of like the ones you see on hotel doors where it's got the little chain on there. If you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So they put that on the front and the back door and, uh, they put a security system in the house with cameras and a couple other things. Mm-hmm. And, um, my dad was telling me that, uh, one night he, uh, he walked into the, into the, or over by the front door where um, I was just standing there trying to open the door and it wouldn't open. And he kind of just grabbed me and led me back to bed. Wow. Yeah, no, that was, it was, it was pretty funny when I heard about it, but it was like at the time I'm like, Oh, you know, like, I guess I'm just trying to get out the house again. Mm hmm. Uh, that's hilarious. Uh, at least it worked in that case. I mean, it's too bad that they didn't have that uh, any controls before you got uh, you know some of those more dangerous situations. But at least you're alive. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, it, what's crazy about it is you know it wouldn't happen every night. The only one that happened every night for a while was the one where I would end up in the cane field, and oh, um, so creepy. that one was. Yeah, that's where. That's why I was like, okay, this woman's definitely trying to talk to me right now, mm-hmm. and um, I would have like years go by where something doesn't happen, and then just out of nowhere, I'll end up outside of my house in the middle of the street, almost naked in the rain, or you know, um. So the very first time that my parents ever told me that I was sleepwalking was, you know, where I peed on their bed. The next time was like a year and a half later where I'm in the kitchen, you know, beating on pots and pans like it's drums while I'm totally asleep. Nice. You know, and, uh, you know, like a total like three or four year old thing to do, you know. Mm -hmm. But it's like years will go by, you know yeah before something happens and it's like okay now this is starting to get like way more dangerous and we it's not showing signs of stopping Mm -hmm. so we definitely need to do something fair enough well yeah did you have any other thoughts or any other stories you wanted to tell I think I've got most of them out, actually. Yeah, I've hit the end of my questions, but that was really fascinating. I wasn't expecting, actually, it to take all that uh, paranormal turn, but of course that's, you know, perfect. Like, I, I love scary stuff. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely glad that I was able to talk about that with you. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, and I don't have a huge audience, but if you'd like to give a shout-out or a plug to anything, feel free to do so. No, I just I want to thank you for you know taking the time out of your day to uh, talk to me about this because this is definitely something that I've wanted to talk to people about, but it's always kind of weird to try to talk about like, oh yeah, you know I sleepwalk, or I used to sleepwalk as a kid, and now it's like, you know, you have a whole audience of people who are interested in stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, thanks so much for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Oh, thank you.
Thank you again to Air Fighter for coming on and speaking with me, and I hope everyone enjoyed that interview. Uh, I'll have that uploaded, uh, I think at about 10.30, that should come online. But now, let's read some nightmares from Reddit. And as I mentioned earlier, we're going to be looking at the Dream Interpretation subreddit this week. This is a post by usernamed Rukiadate. The post is titled, Two Nightmares with One Involving a Lizard and Robbery. The post reads, Had two nightmares. The first was about my mom saying the same thing she always does. Whenever I spent any amount of my money, I'm not in control of my own finances, and it's just normal because of cultural differences, but that one woke me right out of it. Second one involved raising a lizard in a square bucket. It kept eating the food inside and growing, where it eventually got too big, and my mother, who was also in this nightmare, placed it inside of a round bucket, specifically with pictures of KT animals, which I see a lot at work. But the bucket wasn't covered by a lid, but by plastic wrap. The green lizard kept breathing heavily and didn't fit well. Saw myself try and press an actual lid over it and closed it. My mom questioned about it needing air, and then it broke out and started crawling all over the ceiling, specifically winding up in my sleeping brother's room, when, where I yelled at him to watch out for it, while also not wanting to touch it. Somehow, it led to a bunch of five to eight-year-olds including disabled ones, and a whole robbery on a bank or something. One of the kids specifically had the name Nirjagente from Monster Hunter World, who I can't get past the name, shortened to N, on his badge he wore on a lanyard. The robbery was pulled off successfully, and as we escaped, they're all breathing heavily. Cops tried to put together who committed the crime, and made a connection that it was N before I woke up from that one. I'm... okay. Hmm. I mean, the first thought is that it kind of reminds me of Stranger Things, uh, when that uh, fat kid is... he finds that lizard, I forget what he names it, and I forget which season it is, but basically turns out to be like a baby demogorgon and it keeps growing and growing and eventually it devours the cat you know that type of thing uh, I can't help but wonder if this nightmare was partly inspired by that uh, scene I think it's season two of Stranger Things but I mean also I mean it seems like you seem to think that this could be connected to pressure from your family uh, to you know spend money or not spend money I guess would be more accurate um, and maybe it's just a sense of, you know, the creature being contained inappropriately, right, by the, uh, the lid on the bucket, the type of lid, like there's just some artificial thing keeping it down, keeping it suppressed, and it's not developing normally, and that could be, you know, you might feel that that's analogous to your life in a sense, uh, you know, just based on the fact that you seem to be mentioning the, you know, financial control or lack thereof earlier on. This is a post by a user named Thankful P. 
The post is titled, Ask for Messages, Gotten Nightmares. The post reads, I meditated, then told my ancestors they could send me messages through dreams and that I'm open to communicating with them. I often have very vivid dreams and I'm able to understand the emotions and even sickness of spirit. The dream started off with me and my sister collecting recyclables in our old home. We were having some sort of get-together. I got a warning that shooters were coming to my area. Well, I panicked and hid in a really obvious place near the entrance, and I saw the shooters making their way inside my home. The shooters were my old high school friends. They shot everyone, including me. They shot me on my right arm. As soon as they started going further inside to scan the other rooms, I began running away. I ran away and was being chased, but I was more I was a lot more ahead of them. I went to go see my half-sister, but she was not there. I ended up going through the windows because they were easier. Uh, accessible, some were open. She still wasn't there. In fact, I went from room to room to room to make sure I didn't get the wrong apartments. But I threw myself in a room, and there was a native man meditating and sitting down in the room. His room was covered with very old-fashioned decorations. I quickly apologized and explained that I was being chased, and we both uh, talked about spirituality and bonded. Suddenly, the person who is following me finds me and shoots me in the arm twice, then points over to the man beside me. The man beside me takes off one of the decorations from the wall, a bow and arrow, and shoots the shooter multiple times. The shooter dies, and I tell the man I'm not going to make it. He then reassures me that he, I will be okay and wraps something around my arm. He takes me to my old and my older brother to his car. He is with his friend, and they are both ready for any sort of encounter they may have to deal with. I am in the back seat, and am relieved, and I tell him I got shot three times. I don't even know how I'm alive. Hmm. I mean, this could be, you could call this being attacked or being chased, right? So, if you're being attacked, that could mean that you feel out of control or vulnerable about some aspect of your life. And the weapon used, as well as the identity of the attacker, maybe clues as to what you feel vulnerable about. So in this case, the weapon is a gun, and maybe you have a fear of guns. Or maybe it's the whole, you know, shooter in a public space type fear. Uh, that could be what it's about. Um, or that you feel out of control, maybe, in those sorts of situations. Uh, likewise, uh, if you're being chased or attacked, that could indicate that you're avoiding some confrontation in real life from either another person or situation. So that's how I would interpret that nightmare. The fact that you're looking for messages from your ancestors and this is what you got though, you know, maybe tells me that this is somehow part of your anima or something that your subconscious mind is trying to tell you. Because you were seeking answers and this is what it felt that you should have had. Maybe it's trying to stress the importance of family because you're 
or or friends and family because you have you know the people who can sort of come to your rescue there at the end when you thought you were going to die uh, that could be maybe what your subconscious is trying to tell you this is a post by a user named speedboat666 the post is titled dark flight legs turned to cinder blocks first horrible dream in a while the post reads hi i had a dream last night the first half of it i don't remember much i remember it being very normal not really that important the second half of it i was on an airplane the seats were facing each other in a two-seat facing two-seat style the whole cabin had no lighting and the view of the cockpit was visible the flight started. Everything seemed normal. I was sitting in the top right of the cabin, if you're facing forward from the back. I was taking one of my, talking to one of my best friends. We were having a pretty honest conversation. I was telling him really deep thoughts I didn't want many people to know. I feel this sudden drop. I turn around, and we're flying in between buildings, and everything on the ground was cubes. Everything was a semi-neon purple, cyan, and orange. We land in this space by doing a nosedive in a place with blocks mostly cleared out. I get out. There's this woman standing there, staring at us. I look done, and my legs are gone, stuck in this rectangular cement cube. I can barely move. I try doing so. I fall to the side, hitting the ground and staring up at the dark, purple sky. I stay like that for pretty much the rest of the dream, doing nothing but that, feeling a sense of nothing but overwhelming dread. It's mm. really freaky nightmare. I like the vibe of it though. There's something really sickening about the description of the the ground as just being purple, cyan, and orange blocks. And that they're also semi-neon. It's just kind of like almost a, like just a, like a childish color scheme that's just very offensive in combination with each other. Um, I'm going to have trouble interpreting this one. I mean, it could be a fear of flying, right? Seeing as it's like essentially a crash... And although you're not dead at the ground, nothing's ever the same again, right? Like, like you're kind of there, but you can't really move, and you're just staring at this horrible place that you've you've arrived in, um, not really able to do much about it. And that could be, you know, just a feeling of maybe fear as well that whatever path you're on if you fall off it or something of that nature, you're just going to end up in the mire somewhere, just lost, unable to continue forward. Something of that nature. That's what I get from this. Do with that what you will. I should mention as well that our friend Michelle sent in a nightmare this week, which I'll read at the end of the stream. So preemptive thanks to Michelle. This is a post by a user named Hutas Waitress. 
The post is titled, I couldn't wake up from my hallucination dream. The post reads, The first part of my dream is recurring. It's in my house, but there are extra hallways and secret rooms. There was, I was there with my mom when my boyfriend walked out of the house with his guitar. I immediately got in my car and followed him, upset, where we ended up at Walmart. I realized I had dissociated because I didn't remember the dis uh, decision or the drive and had left my mom behind at my house. She was just visiting. I decided to get out of there and ended up in a Starbucks drive through near Walmart. This is where I started feeling as though I was hallucinating. All the drinks were Halloween drinks, but it was spring and the sky had turned a strange purple. Two baristas seemed malicious when I got my drink and they kept trying to grab me or talk me into coming with them. It felt like a very long time until I got away. The hallucinations seemed to get even stronger as I took my regular route home. I was driving in my car in a purple vortex, speeding and taking dangerous turns and I realized I needed to ground myself to stop dissociating. At this point, in real life, my daughter woke up and started crying for me. My purpose at that point was to ground myself back to reality, but was also consciously trying to wake up to go to her. I absolutely could not wake up. I felt as though I couldn't move. It took what felt like ages to finally wake up and go to her, and I still felt this strange, groggy, floating feeling two hours after waking. I never had a dream like that. It was stressful in itself because I struggle with dissociating and ending up places without remembering how. But not being able to wake up, well, uh, that was uh, scary. The predatory Starbucks guys and terrifying drive added so much stress to it all. I would really appreciate any help making sense of this. My interpretation of this nightmare is that it's not about any one thing. Um, so, I mean, I, I, what I was thinking there is maybe I could say in general that it, it almost kind of gives me the sense in its entirety of agoraphobia and not wanting to be out near people and just wanting to be back uh, in your bubble and just like the reason I was thinking that is kind of like the purple vortex that you're driving around in your car um, could also just be like the people at Starbucks even though they work there they're hostile right and um, the fact that it felt like the conversation like dragged on forever when they were just constantly um, you know trying to like loop you back into the conversation and grabbing you like it could just be like who are these people I mean, which is also consistent with dissociating, of course, just the feeling of who are these people in general, no matter who it is. So, I mean, that's like the second most obvious interpretation that is, right? Just that it's a, a dream about dissociation and, uh, you know, just a dislike of dissociation and not wanting to continue with that. Uh, that's the best I got there. This is a post by a user named Land of Lilies. The post is titled, 
murderer who claims an evil version of himself compelled to kill a random guy. The post reads, I had a dream where I wasn't involved at all, but I was taking the perspective of an investigator in his dream, in this dream, who was solving a murder. Not really solving. They knew who did it. They were trying to find out why. The investigator I was seeing through the eyes of was a man. Sometimes I could see the back of his head or the face he was making, especially when he was talking to the son of the murderer whom he talked to first. When he talked to him, I realized the murder happened years ago because the investigator asked him why he stopped talking to his father, the murderer. He said because his father was crazy and he killed someone, of course. I don't know how we got there, but then we were talking to the murderer. This is when I couldn't drift from the investigator's point of view. I was stuck looking through his eyes, looking at the murderer straight in the eye while he asked questions. The man said his son wouldn't understand and told him how in 1930 everything was different for him. The man, oh sorry, he claimed a different person murdered the guy that was dead. It was a person in his head, the bad person. He took over in 1930 and killed the guy. I wish I remembered what murderous eyes looked like because the whole time I started to panic. I was only drifting from the investigator's point of view when I was shown pieces of what uh, the man was seeing. Everything turned white and suddenly it was just me and the murderer. His eyes suddenly turned white and I caught a glimpse of this man that looked eerily similar but in different ways that I can't recall. Uh, there was also a wolf in his head, also with white eyes. He started screaming this part, and the last thing I saw was him as a kid, with blood all over him, with normal eyes, freaked out as he stood next to a corpse that was ripped apart. I realized this man had murdered someone as a kid and gotten away with it for years, as he was like seven. He must have told his son, who then ratted him out. When I saw the boy version of the murderer in the background returned from white, Seeing that little boy version of the murderer and laughing made me struggle to wake up. I think the only good thing about this dream was that when I woke up at a preferable time, or at least a time that I strive to wake up at, I guess a key detail about the dream is that they questioned everyone under a large oak tree on a hill, and this is the exact same place the murder occurred when I saw the kid version. Anyway. I really hate horror movies, but this was really freaky. From time to time, I watch those investigator shows, but not in forever. And I know they weren't as dramatic and surreal as this one. Hmm. Well, right at the end there, they kind of, you know, stumped me a bit because that was where I was going with it. Just anytime you see... So a lot of people, you know, that I've come across do have these dreams where they're not actually in their own dream, or they're from the perspective of an investigator, as you said, like I've heard others that are literally investigators investigating murders, um, or that are just 
some other weird thing happening in a dream and they're not really in the dream they're just kind of watching from behind the eyes of someone that they're aware is a character um and i don't know i've never had a dream like that so it's it's difficult for me to know and every time i hear one like this i think that it is probably because of some narrative that you saw um right like, like the significance that everyone's being questioned under the place where you knew the murder occurred that's just like an interesting you know plot point right like there's nothing that you've given me to indicate that this is a real place like if you had been like oh it happened out of this large oak tree in a schoolyard that i went to like middle school at well then i could maybe start interpreting it from there but the fact that like it really doesn't have anything to do with your own environment that you well at least not that you've communicated in the post right like that makes me think that it really doesn't have much to do with you at all and it is in fact just a narrative that your brain is producing um but it is unpleasant, and you don't watch horror movies, and you don't enjoy unpleasant things, presumably, if you don't watch horror movies. Um, so, I'm not really sure. I mean, like, it could just be like a you know a deep memory from your subconscious. Remember these investigator shows that you that you watched before? Maybe you missed them. Maybe there was something about them that stuck in your mind, uh, and now uh, that's kind of coming up again. Your subconscious wasn't finished exploring that idea, or some of those themes, I guess. That's all I can really do, because it, it really seems like you're not getting too in-depth with what you think it could mean, or you know any details about your life or your dream. And again, for me, what's interesting is, like, I'm not really... I'm not me in my dream in the sense that I'm not really self-aware in any of my dreams. Um, I'm, like, I'm very in-state, as it were. Like, I'm just living in each moment when I'm in a dream. But it's not, I'm definitely not someone else ever. It's always just a consciousness, and I'm just observing through that consciousness. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but let's read another nightmare. This is a post by a user named Kazu Makanto22. The post is titled Reoccurring Nightmare. The post reads, For starters, I'm a 15-year-old male, and I've had some sleepwalking and other sleep-talking issues for a while, as well as night terrors when I was younger. Sleep isn't usually a good thing for me in the first place, but over the past six months I've had a weird dream again almost every night. I wake up on the forest floor that somewhat resembles the one in my backyard from where I lived in North Carolina. There's a big clearing on a flatter part of the forest, and the rest of it is an uneven hill terrain. I wander through the forest, not knowing where I'm going, until the light starts to go down, and it gets really foggy. That's usually when I see some eyes pop out of the fog. They've been green, yellow, black-gray, and red, I sometimes turn and run, but I don't. But when I don't, I see a tall dog creature that looks like a wendigo, but with bigger, less skeletal body and a rotted head. The only time I haven't seen the dog creature is when I see the deer creature, which looked like a normal deer at first, but it started laughing and has weirdly wide smile with sharp teeth. Every time one of those creatures catches me, I wake up in a cold sweat. 
My therapist actually prescribed me a stronger night terror meds, and I hadn't had any dreams until last night. But last night I saw the deer creature again. I'm going to see my therapist again to get my medicine checked out, but hopefully I can start to understand what this is and why it's happening over and over. Hmm. I like that one. So, the pair of eyes. Not really sure what that represents. <laughs> um, I can interpret this in terms of like it being a chase sniper, though. Um, what's also interesting is that it's a night terror, and you're remembering it. So in a night terror, that happens during deep sleep rather than REM sleep. And when a night terror happens in deep sleep, that means that you're able to move while doing it because your body isn't paralyzed. So I'm almost curious if maybe back when you lived in North Carolina, maybe you did walk out into some field, you know, or not a field, I guess, a forest. Maybe you did see something at night and you don't even remember it because you were asleep at the time. <sighs> That's a really scary thought. Like maybe you had like a Wendigo encounter in your nightmare wasn't even a dream and now your night terror is just kind of bringing it back to you but in any case if you're being chased that indicates that you're avoiding some confrontation in real life whether that's another person or situation so it could be that the monster whatever it is in your dream is representing that situation um, now again I don't really know what that might be and you'd have a better idea of that than I would uh, but just some food for thought there. Yeah, it's, it's definitely monster, monster, like, which makes it harder to interpret. It makes it a more interesting read, though, of course. But, uh, yeah. Oh. I just closed the one that I wanted to read by accident. Oh wait, hang on. Let me let me find that again. So that was actually the end of like the top ones from this week, even on uh, nightmare interpretation or dream interpretation. But then I, I went to just top posts all time because it's a slightly bigger subreddit than nightmares. And let me just read. I, like it was like a long one. It's like oh let's just check out like one of the top posts of all time. So here we go. One of the top posts of all time from Dream Interpretation, and it's a nightmare. And then we'll get on to Michelle's nightmare. This is a post by a user named Frank the Dragon Slayer. The post is titled I had a nightmare that messed me up for days now. I think I went to the multiversal death hub. The post reads Hello all. About two weeks ago, I had a very existential lucid nightmare that I can't get out of my head. It's to the point where it's been affecting my waking life. I need some outside help making sense of what it could mean. For, co for context, I have existential issues involving what my purpose in life is, or even what I'm supposed to do, uh, or even if I'm supposed to exist at all, sorry. So it all began in a sort of a black void, with a warm colored aurora in the sky. Directly in front of me, there's a hooded man with his left eye missing that looks like an old, grizzled version of me. Same look, voice, eye color, scar on the upper lip, everything. 
He's looking into a circular stone fountain looking thing with a bonfire positioned on a raised platform in the middle. Around him in every direction, as far as I could see, were hundreds of thousands of gravestones. All of them had vague endings written on them. For example, the Swiss ending, the atomic ending, the fantastical ending. Some were filled with, in with, uh, sorry, some were filled in while most had empty holes in front of them. I approached the man in the middle and politely asked who he is and where I was. He simply responded with this, you know where we are. This is where we're all going to go to die. Now find your grave. I'll help you out when you get there. I responded with, My apologies, pal. I'm not dead yet. Who did you say you were again? Does it matter? We're all the same here anyway. That's when it occurred to me. All these graves were for different versions of me. From different realities or universes I didn't know. I was fairly certain I wasn't dead, and this was all just a bad dream, so I decided to explore and possibly see which gravestone in this labyrinthine graveyard was mine. I, as I walked, I started to feel a tug from my chest, like my heart was being pulled in a certain direction. I followed the pull of what seemed like, for what seemed like ages. Eventually, the graves just stopped, except for this one gravestone sitting alone just outside of where the, the rest of them lay. As I approached, my soul felt like it was sitting next to a cozy fireplace, so I had the feeling that this grave was mine. I eventually got close enough to read it, and it had, uh, it had not been for the dust and debris covered it. Uh, it looked old and dilapidated yet it still had an open plot in front of it. I brushed off the dirt covering the gravestone and read, and what I read chilled me to my soul, the bad ending. The old man came from beside me. What an unfortunate soul, this one. I feel really bad for him, you know? I think that's me. What? No, I couldn't. He's not. He looked at me. His face grew grim. Oh shit, you're not supposed to be here yet. Then he grabbed my face and I felt my brain shock like it had been struck by Thor himself. Then I woke up, sweating, crying, and white knuckled. I'm absolutely fucked with my mind ever since. It's absolutely fucked. Sorry. <laughs> I butchered the last sentence, but... Still, I mean, a very good nightmare. I think you can all see why it's probably one of the top rated. Um, and it's, you know, fairly easy to interpret as well, like, in terms of what might be happening here. I mean, certainly the vibe was really interesting. Uh, the start of it kind of reminded me this story that I wrote when I was 20. Um, like seven years ago. It's on my channel, actually. It's one of the... So I, I was writing these kind of peaceful stories for a little bit, um, and there was one called... Um, I did a series that I didn't finish yet, actually, called The Abandoned World, 
And the second story in the abandoned world is called The Reverie Bed. And it's based on this kind of, uh, I guess, fantasy that I had, like, about just being in this place that was just this massive pine forest and there were uh, there was snow on all the trees and on the ground but it wasn't cold and I was just walking through and then the trees became thinner and thinner and then disappeared and uh, there's just I'm in the middle of this like dried up lake and the sky is colorful and there's there's a sense of of peace to it and there's uh, I guess it's, it was almost like approaching Valhalla or something you know, something from like Norse mythology. That's kind of how it felt. And I kind of get the sense here too. But the other thing that's that's interesting is uh, this, this description of, yeah, the, the Swiss ending, the atomic ending, the fantastical ending. And then you describe also them as some were filled while most had empty holes in front of them. Uh, and I really like that just... Because I think, to me, anyway, that represents how you see that there are some paths you could have taken in life and that those doors are now closed. And there's, you know, when you first started your life, you had infinite possibilities and there were infinite roads that you could have traveled down. And as you kind of play out your life, some of those possibilities get closed off. And, you know, well... I was about to say, and new ones emerge, but of course, like, in the cosmic scale, like, all of the possibilities are already accounted for. So, you know, theoretically, from your infinite possibilities, your near-infinite possibilities, you're now just closing off more and more and more endings until finally you're narrowed down to just the right one. And I do get also a sense that you're probably depressed reading this nightmare, right? Just because you feel like the one that your heart is drawn to is the bad ending. You just are stuck in some sort of pattern of negative thinking and that's what you just believe is is your destiny and that yeah like you're not meant to be there yet but you feel like whatever happens in your life that's inevitable uh really really beautiful and sad nightmare um i enjoyed reading it and it was posted two months ago so maybe I'll, i'll i'll hit him up and see if he you know see if he's still around just to get my interpretation. Hopefully you got something out of it. Uh, but I know that was posted a while ago. Uh, so I hope you enjoyed that nightmare. And now let's read a post from uh, Michelle, our friend, uh, who sent me one uh, just yesterday. And this email is titled Cannibalism Nightmare. The post reads... Hey, Sander. It's been a while since I sent you a nightmare. I had an interesting one tonight. My dreams have been kind of weird lately, as I have moved two weeks ago, and I am still a little confused about many things, as it's hard to find my normal in life now. This night, I had my first dream involving cannibalism. So some stuff happened around it, too. Something involving magic and camping but I don't really remember any details. I do know we ha- that I had magic powers for some reason, and I was fighting others, but I don't know why. So at some point, we defeated a guy, and he was pretty cool about it. 
like he just lost a friendly game or something. We kind, uh, we kind of acted similar, but the price he paid was weird. As the loser, he would teach us how to cut human meat from his body to eat. So my cousin, who was on our team in a way, just started to cut up part of his arm. She did it for the first time, like cut very enthusiastically, but not in the right way to properly cut his arm for some reason. He just casually mentioned that, but I knew it meant it wouldn't make it more difficult for him in the future to regain the use of his arm. So I felt guilty, but my cousin was unfazed. She didn't care at all. So we happily cut parts of his arm off and baked them on a grill while sitting around like it was a party. So one thing we learned from this guy, the reason he had offered his own arm in the first place was that we, previously, he, we had previously eaten somewhere where they had served us human meat without telling us that. We could recognize it as human meat because it tasted like pineapple apparently. So now we willingly ate human meat and we could taste the similarities. We weren't angry though. I say we, but didn't, uh, I did not eat the meat. I did not think it was weird that they did, but I believe it did feel weird to me to do it, uh, to do it myself to some extent. My brother came into the room at some point and just grabbed a piece of meat and ate it raw, but that's apparently what he would always do with pig meat. Like he took it from, sorry, like he took it from however was chicken. So we told him and he put it back a little embarrassed. Then he uh, joined in on eating the human meat though, like it was the most common thing to do in the world like an odd delicacy. I guess that may have been because in the dream we knew the guy could just regrow his arm or something. Some in our group were also cutting parts of themselves to put onto the grill. I was wondering at that point if self-cannibalism would actually be beneficial. Like would it help you against your hunger? But you're eating yourself, so you're also losing a part of yourself in the process. I was wondering if that would benefit you or not. I'm still not sure why I didn't eat the meat myself. I think I was just waiting for a piece to be ready, but I also felt a little weird about it, like some part of me realized eating human meat is not supposed to be okay. It maybe felt like uh, a bit like lucidity, but not that I realized it was a dream, but that I could access memories from real life while in the dream. Sometimes, I can also remember stuff from other dreams in a dream, but I don't always realize it's actually a dream. I just think something like, hey, I could do this before, let's do it again, but not think about where I had done it before. There was also a bit about us looking after a little boy who had braces and was somehow losing his teeth. The same guy let us cannibalize him, helped us fix the boy's teeth, and it felt weird as we were supposed to be his opponents and stuff, yet I was impressed by his efforts to help us out. Well, it's kind of a confusing dream and I hope it wasn't too hard to follow. I just really wanted to share it, as I didn't know how cannibalism dreams before I watched your nightmare theater. The weird thing is, I didn't even realize it was cannibalism until after like five minutes after I'd woken up.
because it all felt so normal in the dream. Anyway, looking forward to your next Nightmare Theater, and I hope you enjoyed reading The New Dream. Thank you, Michelle. Um, and, I mean, I think you already know what my interpretation's going to be, because you <laughs> evidently saw my cannibalism interpretation. Um, but we'll just go over it anyway, just for fun. So, cannibalism. If you see someone being cannibalized in a nightmare, and it wasn't you doing the cannibalizing, but it believes that, it suggests anyway, that you believe that there may be some sort of power imbalance or unhealthy power dynamic between the person being cannibalized and the people doing the cannibalizing. So I actually have to go back to try to recall who this fellow was. Um, you defeated a guy and he was pretty cool about it. Interesting, okay. As the loser, he would teach us how to... Okay, so it sounds like he's actually not a guy that you know in real life, which makes it impossible for me to interpret, right? But like, I wonder if he represents someone that you know in real life. And also the fact, like, later on, that, you know, there's a little boy who has braces and is losing his teeth, and the same guy is then kind of going above and beyond to help out this guy, so... And you feel like you're impressed by his efforts to help to help you out, but at the same time, you're kind of wondering, like, what is going on here? What's this guy? Like, like why is this guy, you know, maybe prostrating himself or uh, just putting himself beneath everybody else? Maybe, maybe there's a guy that you know like that in real life and you're, you just wish that maybe he'd grow a spine and, you know, stand up for himself. Like, that could be, that could be what it is. Just kind of discomfort at watching someone kind of put themselves under someone else. That's kind of the feeling that I got from this. And maybe, yeah, like just the fact that your brother kind of pops in. Uh, maybe maybe it's like a family friend or something. Maybe you feel guilty about the way your brother kind of takes advantage of the guy or, or whoever he is, you know. But again, we don't, uh, we don't really know. Uh, but I really enjoyed that nightmare. Thank you so much for sending that in. And that's going to do it for Nightmare Theater this week. Um... Next week, uh, I'm trying to get... There's one more interview that I want to do, and it is for um, Night Terrors. Those are pretty much all of the somnambulism... Not, not somnambulism, sorry. The uh, parasomnias that I wanted to get interviews for. Uh, so just that fifth one, that'll do it. Um, I'll be honest, and I'm going to make a more formal announcement about this soon, but Nightmare Theater, as it is currently, is probably not going to continue to exist uh, in the near future. Um, I might try switching, like, just moving it to another channel. I might uh, discontinue it altogether, like, like for, the, for the meanwhile, because originally, like, this was a channel about writing, and I thought that people might be more, you know, interested, if they're interested in scary stories, hey, maybe, like, nightmares are scary, people will also be interested in this. But I feel like there's not a whole lot of uh, sort of cross interest uh, between the two things um, so another possibility is that I could continue doing the streams but just read nightmares and I won't like record them on the channel like I'll just like once the stream's over it's gone like so that's another uh, another thing just because I feel like the amount of effort I'm putting into it is not really I, and I know that there are some people that really like nightmare theater and like Again, I'll make a more formal video when I figure out exactly what's happening, but 
I just know at this point that uh, it's it's not the direction that I think this channel needs to continue in uh, right now anyway. Like, I could bring it back maybe in the far future uh, when the audience is bigger and maybe there would be more interest in, you know, kind of having an interaction. Uh, but until that point, uh, yeah, I'm thinking about, I'll at least get to episode 30. So this is kind of my plan for the next three episodes. So I'd like to get a Night Terrors interview. That would be episode 28. Episode 29, I think we'll probably do something like the best of Reddit. So that would be like going through like the top nightmares posts of all time. So that should be good. And that could be like a mega stream. That one might be like two hours. Like we'll just really, because I got a comment, you know, like just last week, like, oh, I love the part where you read nightmares. Like, could you make one that's just you reading nightmares? And it's just like, oh, I was thinking about like quitting the show. So like, oh, you know what though? Like maybe we'll just make like one like epic stream. I'll just pick like the best nightmares and we'll just like pound that out. You know, like that'll be a lot of fun. Uh, and then for episode 30, uh, I think that what I'd like to do is go through. So on my TikTok. I found like 34 or 38 or something sleep paralysis demons. So it would be like a bestiary of sleep paralysis demons. And I was just like, I, I was also planning on making like a tier list video on that and just uploading that separately. But uh, even before that, I think it would be good to just sort of introduce them. So I think in the final Nightmare Theater stream, it would be a lot of fun to just go into you know, some of the stuff that people really like, that's like popular, but like people, when people talk about sleep paralysis demons, they don't really like categorize it into that level of taxonomy. So I think that that could be really fun. But uh, yeah. Anyway, don't take anything that I say too seriously just yet. That Just, just uh, you know, be aware that there might be some changes coming soon, but I'll make more formal announcements on that uh, later on. Thank you so much for coming out to the stream. Um, it, it's been uh, it's been a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that interview. I hope you enjoyed those Reddit nightmares. Um, subscribe and hit the bell for more stuff. The stories will keep coming no matter what. And, you know, there'll be a few more weeks of Nightmare Theater, and who knows what will end up happening again. But until next time, embrace the beautiful dark. <laughs>